0: Welcome in to another edition of the Wisssports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at Wisssports.net and your host for the WSN podcast. Man, it is a great time of year. The weather outside is uh, pretty amazing for early March. It feels like spring. In many ways, it feels like the basketball state tournaments where we, uh, many years, we get that kind of warm up. We get uh, snow melt. It, it, It feels like state tournament time. And of course... It felt like state tournament time last weekend at the girls basketball state tournaments. Really outstanding week, uh, with all things considered, and and even just without all things considered, um, it was a great week, and and we saw some great basketball. And we're going to break it down on the WSN podcast today. We're gonna we're gonna focus in on girls hoops, put a, a little bit of a bow on the uh, on the tournament and on the season, and of course to help us do that is our our man Norbert Durst. WSN content manager and girls basketball writer. Of course, he was at the uh, state tournament in Lacrosse. I was at the state tournament in Oshkosh, uh, so we had you covered all all weekend at uh, Wisports.net. But Norb, uh, good to have you back and and uh, back from Lacrosse. Uh, I hope you're rested up. Um, you know, it, it, it didn't seem, you know, to be as long as it it usually does. Sometimes uh, you covered what was it nine games in Lacrosse. I covered six in Oshkosh, but it, it went by pretty fast. It certainly
1: did, you know, especially with you know the teams playing two games in one day. Um, you know, most of those days felt like a couple days, as you know, uh, it got time for uh, to get a, some shut eye a little bit before starting the next day up. But you know, a, a really great three days of basketball. You know, being able to watch the games live at the lacrosse center and then those games in Oshkosh, watching them on. On uh, live stream, so you know, really, really exciting day for those kids that were able to compete at the state tournament.
0: It it was I'm sure it was different for me because I I was not there on Thursday obviously uh no games in in Oshkosh on Thursday but I I felt like at the end of Saturday we needed another day it it, it felt like um you know we were only halfway through and, and normally it would have been I I only covered six games and usually we have fifteen at the state tournament so it was uh, certainly a different experience and we're going to talk about that experience a, a little bit more um we're going to break down you know the the games and the teams and go through each division, some highlights and things uh, here in, in a moment on our WSN podcast. But, Norb, I do want to start with that experience. Uh, again, a, a different setup this year, two locations, different locations than normal. All things considered, how do you think it went with uh, with the state tournament setup this year compared to what we usually get?
1: You know, obviously it's not the same, but I think for having two sites, it, it went about as best as as it could go, I would say, because, you know, it's there's a lot that goes into those games. I mean, you, you know, especially at the end of a, a big contest that maybe went a little bit longer than expected, you know, uh, didn't really have to deal with too much of, of you know, a delay or, or missed games on TV. But, uh, you know, I think it went, you know, as well as you could could have given given what everyone had to deal with.
0: You know, we were we were in different locations. You were at the lacrosse center, which normally seats, I think their basketball capacity is somewhere around 6,000. I was at the Menominee Nation Arena, which basketball capacity is a little bit closer to 3,500 or 4,000, somewhere in that range. Uh, a newer facility, a smaller facility. The experience was a little bit different for us, perhaps. Like in terms of the environment, the atmosphere, the crowds, you know, how it all felt and, and looked and worked.
1: You know, as far as how the games felt, you know, they felt... You know, for the most part, um, like a, a what you could expect from a, a normal state tournament. Obviously, not uh, the the uh, the fans of just the game of basketball, but you know, the, the fans of of the teams really came out and supported those programs. Um, and, and certainly, the biggest not I'd probably have to say is is to Three Lakes. You know, they only made their their second trip to state, and and those fans were were loud in the morning for that 9 a.m. game and loud again for, for that title game in Division 5. So, you know, the fans really came out and, and celebrated the teams being at the state tournament. And, you know, that's that's what it's all about because uh, nobody really wants to play uh, in front of uh, fans that aren't making noise. So, you know, amongst them, uh, Reedsburg did a great job um, with, with, with the fans coming to town and, and making some noise for the teams. Um so you know that really just made it a lot easier for the kids to go out there and you know just play basketball and not have to worry about you know playing just in front of some uh, silent fans
0: one of the uh, the questions that I got on on Twitter and, and you may have have seen it as well was uh, some folks wondering you know is is this uh, something that the WI should consider long term maybe not Again, maybe not, maybe not two sites, but one of these locations is an alternative or an option if the Rush Center is not available or when they're looking at redoing the contract. Uh, you and I have talked many times about, you know, how we feel the Rush Center really fits the girls' basketball state tournament very well. Perhaps better than the Kohl Center in many ways. Uh, you know, a smaller, more intimate venue for some crowds that sometimes are a little bit on the smaller end. They roll out the red carpet in in Green Bay. Uh, you know, there's a lot uh, right there uh, by the Rush Center. You you have Lambo if folks want to take that experience in. You've got a number of hotels and restaurants and things right there. Um, would it ever make sense to consider the Lacrosse Center or perhaps Menominee Nation Arena? as a permanent location for the girls basketball state tournament or do you think the rest center continues to make the most sense
1: i think the rest center continues to make the most sense because if you want fans you know in a normal type year you want to be able to have more fans to be able to go to those games and you know while it was it was nice to have those venues this year and i thought you know both did a great job and you know both very nice venues i would just prefer to have uh you know more capacity for the fans to be able to come watch, but you know in a year that was much different than any other year we've ever had. Uh, you know they did a great job of hosting those those uh, state tournament games.
0: One of the the questions that that people had uh, or, or comments that people had uh, about the lacrosse center was that it, it, at times it did look a little bit empty, and I think that was maybe perhaps due to the camera angle where the the camera background was the the far side of the the arena where the the first level of bleachers the 100 level were completely pushed in and you just had the the chairs set up for the team benches which were spaced out it, it looked a little bit a little bit empty did it did it feel like that overall or was that just kind of the again the camera angle from uh what we were able to see on TV
1: you know i would say it didn't feel like that uh you know i think where you're talking about again i didn't watch a lot the games that way at, being at the games but uh you know, I think there was more fans behind me. So that would have been on the opposite side of that camera. So, you know, I think that played a role there where I think where, uh, you know, the, the good, really good crowds just seem to be more on outlining areas versus right behind the players. And, you know, I think that's what, what made that camera angle look like, as if there, you know, there wasn't a nice crowd for those games.
0: It was interesting in uh, Oshkosh, and many people commented on that, uh, on this, uh, you know, whether you were in person or watching on TV, that court that they used in Oshkosh was something else. It, it was, you know, d- designed after the old Mecca court uh, with all that great coloration, and it really made for some great TV visuals. It made for some great pictures. It made for, you know, some cool empty stadium shots, uh, some cool full stadium shots. Uh, that That was pretty cool to see that up there. I don't know. If any of the players actually realized it or knew anything about it, um, but it it was it was fun to see. It made some good visuals anyway. Um, Norb, let's uh, let's move into though talking about the actual state tournament and the games themselves, and and why don't we start with Division Five, which uh, you were at on Thursday at the Lacrosse Center, and boy did we get a an all time shocker right out of the gates with Three Lakes knocking off Blackhawk and upset uh of of historic proportions 75 game winning streak for Blackhawk goes down what were the key things in that one that that led to such an upset there with Three Lakes getting the victory
1: you know I think Three Lakes did a great job sticking with their game plan the entire game you know I think that was a big thing and you know for for Blackhawk you know the shots especially on the inside just wouldn't go down you know it's it was a similar situation when when Blackhawk lost lost against uh, Bangor in the uh, state title game three years ago where, you know, they couldn't buy a three-pointer in that game. In this game, uh, they couldn't buy a, a, a shot in the paint. And, you know, that really came back to hurt them, and they also missed some free throws um, down the stretch with Hurt. But, you know, you, you got to uh, take your hats off to, uh, to Three Lakes because, you know, if they tried to get into – what Blackhawk wants to do is, you know, get up and down the floor. You know, Blackhawk probably has a shot and, you know, a much better shot of, of winning that contest. But they stayed true to what they wanted to do in that game, hit some really big shots, including uh, a reserve player coming in. And, you know, uh, I believe that uh, Sarah uh, Grzynski, uh, she was only shooting. It was, it was something not great from the free throw line anyway. And, you know, make a couple big free throws and, And then she also not long after that made a huge, huge fall away basket that really kind of uh, sealed the game in a way for for three for for three lakes. So, you know, when you have to beat a team that's won 75 straight games, you need it from all of your team. And, you know, all of that team showed up as well as the fans. And, you know, they really took care of business in that contest.
0: We had three very competitive games on Thursday. Both semifinal games were a three-point contest. Assumption got the win over McDonald's Central in the other one. But Three Lakes, after pulling off that upset over Blackhawk, did not have enough in the tank to keep it going. And Assumption got a win 55-48 in the championship game. Assumption was the three seed. Um, any, any, any other takeaways from uh, Division 5 or, or that state championship game?
1: You know, it's that, that play of that, that quick guard for assumption. I know our signs Rosas, uh, hopefully I pronounced that correctly, but she was just electric throughout the state tournament. And I, you know, I think that was a big reason it showed the big reason why assumption got to the state tournament because you, you know, they certainly have some good forwards, other good players on that team, but you know, guard is always key and, and she was phenomenal in both of their games. Didn't miss a free throw. Um, you know, came up with some big drives and, and, and scores in many of those um, possessions for, for Assumption. So it's, it was really uh, uh, quite the show that she put on at the state tournament.
0: And she's a, an exchange student, right? It was, this was, her? I assume, her first year at Assumption and going to be her only year, do you know?
1: I, I believe it's only expected to be her only year. And I, I want to say that I had heard that um, she only stuck around because of the COVID issue. Um, back home so you know not be able to travel back home. so it was you know, a nice little benefit for Assumption to have her stick around. Um, I believe there may have been another family member that came um, that came across uh, came over the, came over to be an exchange student back you know many years ago and then they made the trip back. Um, hopefully I got that correct. Um, but you know it was definitely a cool story for Assumption and, and her helping them win that state title
0: we, we've seen foreign exchange students compete in athletics many, many times. I mean, it, even at the smaller high schools in the state, um, we don't necessarily see them make that big of an impact though, or be that good. So that's a, certainly a very unique situation, uh, there at Assumption. Division four, uh, was next up on the docket. That was again, your, your coverage up at, uh, lacrosse. And we got, uh, uh, a blowout in the in the first game in Division Four, Mishicot really took it to Fall Creek. We got a blowout in the second game as well. Mineral Point shot the lights out against Bangor, and uh, then those two teams met up in a championship game that was a very very good game as well. But it was Mishicot claiming a first state championship in school history, seventy to sixty six. A uh, Mishicot a team that hit very highly ranked before the season coming in and really benefited from that uh those redesigned divisional placements with Aquinas and some other schools moving up but man that was quite a performance all weekend by Mishkat.
1: Yeah, they really they really took care of business, you know, even though they were the, you know, the favorite coming in as you mentioned, you know with it was I believe it was nine of the top 10 uh teams in division 4 that moved up to division 3. You know, and in Michigan State, you know, even though this is only their second state tournament appearance last year, they played one heck of a game against uh, melrose Menduro in that final game of the the 2020 state tournament. And you know, with the majority of those kids coming back, they were hungry to to get back to state and and hopefully come home with a gold ball. And they certainly did it. You know, with uh, Kylie Schmidt played excellent, same same as uh, Desiree Clyman. Um, you know, that's where those where that team really starts and ends. And you know, they both came to play in both of those games, and, you know, that's what it takes to win a state title.
0: So good stuff in Division 4. Finally, we got to our first games at the Menominee Nation Arena in Oshkosh, the games I was at, Division 3 semifinals. And... Uh, as expected, Aquinas took care of business in the first game. Really uh, shot the lights out as well. They they set uh, some state tournament records in that one. Uh, J-, uh, J. C. Weisbrod hit seven three pointers, I believe it was, in the the semifinal win That's over Westfield. Um, yeah, and I think they had what was it, twelve in the game, something like that. And Lake Mills had a, a pretty hard fought win over Howard's Grove, um, setting up uh, another upset uh, that mm-hmm. was pretty significant. With Lake Mills handling the pressure, knocking down shots, taking advantage of their size, and running away from Aquinas, 78-67 in a game that was not that close. Uh, it was a up to a 20-plus point game for most of the second half. You kept thinking that Aquinas was going to get right and they were going to make a run, and and every time they did, Lake Mills answered. And that ended uh, Aquinas' thirty-seven game winning streak. Uh, again, you were you were in lacrosse. You weren't watching that one live, but just just some thoughts on what Lake Mills did to uh, to end that long winning streak for Aquinas and uh, the impressive fashion that they were able to do it.
1: You know, I think that that depth of Lake Mills and just how many kids that can score for them and and play well on the defensive end of the floor. I think was huge for Lake Mills. You know, they they did meet in. Uh, I believe you mentioned uh, they met earlier in the year. Um, Not expecting to be in the same division when it came tournament time, but you know, uh, Juliana Wagner was a huge part of of that victory. Um, She was just starting to come back from from her ACL injury. You know, when they met the first time, um, you know, not at 100% there, and you know, maybe not at 100% right now, but you know, certainly much better when she got to the state tournament. And then you know, inside with Vivian Guerrero. and that was, you know, probably the big part there because when you can take the ball inside and and uh, do some damage against Aquinas, where they're, you know, not as strong, um, that made that made it very tough for, for Aquinas to make that comeback when you when you have good guard play mixed in with some strong posts.
0: Yeah, it was incredible offensive uh, execution by Lake Mills. Um, you could you could see that, you know, if if a team could handle that extended pressure in the half court against Aquinas, that that they'd have some opportunities to get looks. Uh, Aquinas is not very tall not very big um, you could take advantage of some things inside either dribble penetration or, or dumping it into the post offensive rebounds etc in lake mills with Juliana Wagner and, and company were able to handle that pressure out top and uh, get that that uh big win in a state championship game um two pretty significant upsets i think you know i we, we talked about this on Twitter a little bit too in, in terms of you know upsets and where they rank. I think the the Blackhawk loss to Three Lakes is probably a bigger upset. But you know where where do you put this one? Is is it a significant upset for Aquinas to go down? Is it just you know kind of one of those things that happens? Where where do you rank this one?
1: Well, I still think it's significant because when a team you know just doesn't lose games like Aquinas does, I mean they just don't lose games. I mean they they had won ninety seven games against in state teams before that contest. So you know anytime you just rattle off wins you know obviously the team might change a little bit but as a whole it's just a bunch of winners and it's tough to bet against winners and you know in the end lake mills just proved they were the better team that day
0: well let's let's go back to that blackhawk one quick and and we talked about it but um you know, where where does it rank in, in upsets in state history? Uh, one of the other ones that was mentioned was Janesville Parker losing in, in 2001 or 2, something like that. Uh, to Waukesha you know, South, I believe. Yeah, to Waukesha South, yep. Um, you know, where where's this one rank? Right up there with that one, I imagine.
1: Well, I think that you know he's got to be a top five for sure. Uh, you know, I think when you, you watch the game and, uh, you know, take a little time to think about it afterwards. It might not be number one, like I initially said, just because, you know, it's, you know, Blackhawk had a much different team than last year's team. Had last year's team lost, you know, in that same situation, I would say it's a lot different, but, you know, Bailey Butler did a lot for that team. And, you know, they just, I don't think they got enough from other kids in that game to be like, you know, it was was such as a monumental upset. Obviously the number of games is huge. But, uh, you know, still top five. But, you know, Barneveld beating Heritage Christian. Uh, gosh, that, that might have been the first year I started at Wiz sports, So maybe it was a 2012-13 season. Um, another big one. But, you know, anytime you win that many games in a row, it's really tough to, to knock a team off the pedestal because some t- some teams just know how to win games, even if they don't bring their best best uh, game that day.
0: All right. Well, let's move on to Division Two where – uh, we got uh, some some interesting matchups in the, the semifinals, but ultimately ones that were not very close. Notre Dame really hammered on Alaska, forced a ton of turnovers and took advantage of their size. It was a, a 30-point win, actually doubled up on Alaska at 64-32. Then in the semifinals, my Reedsburg Beavers were able to knock off New Berlin Eisenhower, pulled away in that one, uh, the third-seeded Beavers, 67-48 over New Berlin Eisenhower, but in the championship game, it was back and forth. It was close for much of the game. However, Notre Dame able to pull away their, their interior presence, their depth a little bit, um, and, and experience with Reedsburg being a very young team with no seniors on the roster. Notre Dame able to get the job done 68-56 over Reedsburg in, uh, in Division Two. That game was at the lacrosse center that you took in. Uh, reactions to that Division Two ch- uh, tournament in championship game.
1: Yeah, it's Reesburg really hung around. You know, it's as everybody kind of uh, talked about, you know, some Reesburg fans that I talked to after or before that game, you know, uh, everybody knows how, knew how good Notre Dame was. And in a way, that's a little bit of a benefit towards Reesburg in a way, because, you know, it's the the pressures on one side more than the other. But um, Reesburg certainly came out to play in that game. And, you know, I thought, I thought initially the length and, and athleticism would be a little bit too much. For, FOR REEDSBURG, AND MAYBE IN THE END IT WAS, BUT, YOU KNOW, REEDSBURG REALLY CAME OUT TO PLAY AND, YOU KNOW, EVEN THOUGH THEY DID PLAY THAT SECOND DIVISION TWO GAME, THEY REALLY DIDN'T LOOK TIRED AT ALL. I MEAN, in, IN THE END, MAYBE YOU COULD SAY THAT A LITTLE BIT DOWN THE STRETCH, BUT IT WAS THOSE SECOND CHANCE POINTS I THINK WAS A REALLY BIG DIFFERENCE, BECAUSE MAYBE IF YOU LIMIT THAT A LITTLE BIT WITH A REALLY GOOD NOTRE DAME TEAM, um, you just can't give another team second chance points, and they were able to get a bunch of those. I believe it was 18 in the contest, and really the difference of the game. But what what a contest for a Division II uh, state championship game. Um, some young kids on both teams, but as you mentioned, Reesburg with no seniors, so you know you you look at them having a chance to get back to the state tournament. And, hey, maybe they could play uh, Notre game Notre Dame again next year because Notre Dame's got a, a a lot of young talent that's. Really hungry to get back to state as well.
0: Hopefully, uh, hopefully the Beavers can make it back and be a threat for maybe a couple years here uh, under head coach Mark Simon. Division one capped things off on Saturday at Menominee Nation Arena in Oshkosh. I was at that one, and uh, what a blitzkrieg that Germantown put on Verona out of the gates. uh, Up twenty to nothing before Verona scored. It was uh, Verona's another very young team. They they're only senior. basically didn't play this year, got hurt uh, very, very early in the season. Uh, they, they relied heavily on a very talented freshman class uh, with some sophomores and, and juniors sprinkled in there. But uh, impressive, impressive performance by Germantown as they uh, ran away with that one. It, it was kind of even the rest of the way uh, after that initial surge, but Verona just wasn't able to, to get anything uh, consistently going and Germantown cruised to a win in that one. Hudson over Franklin in the other semifinal. Hudson kind of got things going in the second half and able to take advantage of some of their size inside. Setting up Germantown, the top seed, versus Hudson, the second seed. Hudson was undefeated coming in. And it looked like we might be in for a shocker for a while there. uh, Hudson raced out to a 15-3 lead right out of the gates. Germantown, who had rained down threes in that first game against Verona, uh, not able to connect. and, And Hudson was doing damage inside. And you're thinking, wow, we're, we're in for another shocker, even though Hudson's undefeated. Um, Not so much. KK Arnold, especially, uh, joined by Jalen Acker, just took over from there. They scored the first, I think it was 29 points for Germantown, and Germantown ended up roaring back and taking a lead in the first half and, and then pulled away as KK Arnold put on a show in some ways, reminiscent of what we saw from Arike Ogumbawali back in, uh, in, gosh, I'm forgetting what year it was now, 2015 or, or whatever it was, uh, when, when she had 55 points in that win over Middleton. Arnold didn't have 55 in this one, but she sure controlled the game, had the same kind of impact, and oh, by the way, she's only a sophomore. That was a an incredibly impressive performance. I don't know how much of that one you were able to watch after the uh, Division Two games on, on on Saturday evening, but uh, that was a a statewide coming out party for KK Arnold, announcing herself as perhaps the best prospect in the state since Enrique.
1: Yeah, it certainly was, and I, I didn't catch that first part where where Hudson started the game strong, but you know as. As we talked about a little bit with that Three Lakes Blackhawk game, if you want to beat Germantown, you can't play their game. Um, you got to use that size, slow down the game, and it seemed to be, you know, working in the early part of the game anyway. But you know, it's it just almost impossible to slow down KK Arnold. Uh, um, not many players in Wisconsin can match up against her and and try to slow her down. And then you know, if you put all your eyes on her, guess what? Uh, you got to deal with Jalen Acker hitting the three ball. And, you know, she proved that she's definitely one of the best in the state doing that. So, uh, you know, that 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 combo that they have, along with some of those other players for Germantown, you know, that speed. And it, even though they don't have a lot of size, they play a lot bigger than they are. And you know, in the end, um, you know, KK Arnold, just, you know, efficient score, you know, 12 of 18 from the floor, made six of seven free throws. And you know she just dominated that contest in the end.
0: Jalen Acker came in. I think her three point percentage was only like thirty one or thirty two percent, but obviously a volume shooter that shoots a lot of them. And you know the way she shot at state, uh, obviously the m- making them. What was it twelve she made to set a new state record? But you know the form and the confidence and the the quick release, um, showing again that she's one of the best shooters in the state. Even though that regular season percentage was uh, perhaps a little bit misleading. So Germantown captures their first state tournament uh, title in in history. Uh, it was really a, an interesting uh, state tournament this year. Norb, we had a couple of really significant upsets. We had some uh, you know some excitement in in that Division One title game coming back. We had a couple first time state title uh, teams: Germantown and Lake Mills. Um, we had uh, Mishicot as well. I guess we had a couple uh, repeats: uh, Notre Dame and Assumption, but. Man, uh, you know, other than maybe a buzzer beater, it had just about everything that you could look for in a state tournament.
1: Yeah, it definitely brought a lot of excitement, and you know, in the end, it was great. You know, great for the kids, obviously, to be able to have a chance to get a gold ball this year, like unlike last year, the way it ended. And then the fans to be able to watch, you know, the, these these top notch players compete at the highest level. Um, it, it's good for everybody all around, and just really excited for all those players and and all the the fans and. and and, you know whether you're fans of just the teams that got to state or just fans of basketball in general um you know it it just helps the mental aspect of everything we've been going through
0: man it felt normal didn't it uh fans in the stands uh cheering really loud sure it wasn't full like it would normally be but it, it felt like a lot of people at least in Oshkosh especially with a smaller venue um you know we had a lot of normalcy with uh with the games themselves uh you know, we had our, our, our media friends were there. We got to ca- catch up with a lot of them. Um, it it felt very normal, didn't it?
1: It certainly did. I mean, as normal as I felt at a game since, uh, well, before state last year. So it, it's very refreshing to see that.
0: And hopefully that uh, that carries over and means uh, only good things into the Boys State Tournament, which will be held this week. Same locations, same divisions in the same location, same time slots. Um Boys state tournament tipping off on Thursday, continuing through Saturday. Of course, we'll have all that information for you right here on Wisports.net. Norb's taking the, the weekend off to, to recoup and relax and and uh, work on some other stuff. And so Mark Miller taking over the the, the lead on boys coverage. He'll be at the Ashkash uh, Games. Uh, Friday and Saturday, along with Dick, uh, Dick Napinski filling in for us, as he has done for a number of years now. Great to have him on board and having that opportunity to uh, to get him to some games. I will be in, in lacrosse Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, along with Colton Wilson, our content producer at WSN, uh, bringing you live updates on, uh, on social media and game recaps afterwards. So, all the same great stuff that you saw last weekend. We're going to do it all over again. We're going to run it back and uh, keep you busy here at Wispsports.net as the boys' basketball state tournament wraps up. The winter sports season, different, shortened, condensed, masked, socially distanced, but we got a winter sports season in by by uh, by golly. And I don't know that uh, you know the the chances of that happening were too high going back to the start of the school year to the start of the season even. Um, but it's great to be in the position that we are. So again, look for all that uh, that great stuff for boys hoops all weekend on wisssports.net. But uh, Norb, we we we've got a little bit of a bow on the season. Uh, any any final thoughts? Anything else to to wrap things up from the from the tournament or from uh, from the season itself?
1: No, I'm just uh, thoroughly happy that you know the the players and communities you know made made sure that those kids stayed healthy throughout the tournament and throughout the season, so they're able to compete you know, in uh, in those state games because, you know, uh, there were some teams that were were forced out of the tournament due to COVID concerns, uh, players testing positive otherwise, but, you know, for the most part, uh, we didn't lose, you know, the the big teams and, and certainly happy those kids were able to compete.
0: We're looking forward to the return of uh, even more normalcy next year. Uh, hopefully, we're back to normal. No, no changes to the state tournament. No changes to v- locations, uh, spectator limits, any of that stuff. Hopefully, we're we're uh, we're pretty much 100% back to normal next year. Um, but man, it, it did feel good this year to get to the state tournament and uh, and cover it, be there, see the the uh, outstanding performances by players and teams, and uh, just really really excited that we were able to take that in and and again, excited that we get one more chance this weekend at the boys' basketball state tournament. Norb, uh, that'll do it this time. Uh, always good to have you on. Uh, any any uh, preview of of you know kind of what to look for in the off season? Because let's be honest, it, it never ends for us uh, here at WISports.net in terms of covering uh, sports and, and including girls basketball.
1: Yeah, I'll be uh, updating. Uh, some records uh, coaching players uh, you know those those big time scoring performances and and then uh, delving into those updated player rankings as uh, you know uh, always important as well to give those those top players that recognition um, that they deserve across the state
0: all right good stuff norm thanks again and uh, and i'm sure we'll uh, we'll catch up uh, very soon
1: of course thanks for having me on
0: All right, for Norbert Durst, I am Travis Wilson. This has been a WissSports.net podcast. We'll see you at a game.